What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another uh, Let's Talk uh, here with Jesse Hogan, who is a founder of Legsit. It is a conservative activist group trying to wake up Latinos and Hispanics to uh, politics today. Uh, thank you, Jesse, for uh, being here today, man. Appreciate you. No problem, brother. Me and Anthony, we go way back. We yes, sir. We were in the beginning together since... Four, what, four years ago? Yeah, man, I know. Four yeah, years. so uh, full transparency, I definitely know Jesse. This is my, this is the homie right here, man. We go very way back. Uh, we've done a lot of activism together. We've hit the streets. We've uh, educated a lot of Latinos, Hispanics. Um, you know, we're, we're out here in the front lines, man, you know. We've even been at the White House together. We've even been, that's true, <laughs> man. Damn, it, it goes way back, man. So uh, with that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story for the people listening? Uh, well, yeah, well, I was an ex-gang member from La Puente, California. I wasn't even really into politics or um, too much. And then, um, but um, what made me was my faith because I got, uh, I started, as I started going as a Christian, I just seen all the, the Democrat, I was like, because I was a Democrat, lifelong Democrat, but they were just all against all my godly moral values as a Christian. So that, so my faith made me get into mm -hmm. politics. And then, um, you might as well say, well, the fake media, too, had a lot to do with starting Lexi. Like, I had to get involved. I just couldn't sit back no more watching um, the fake media, just the attacks that they were doing on Trump. Because I wasn't really big on Trump mm -hmm. at the beginning. I was for Cruz. I was going for Cruz. And um, I just seen the fake media was constantly attacking Trump and all of that. So then I was like, you know what, I have to get involved so they're saying that go ahead. we're gonna go ahead and bring you back just a, even further back than that can you tell us kind of like where your parents are from okay. and then like kind of like your your upbringing so when you were a kid what was like life like and you said you were in la puente yeah I grew and up. what was life like out there um so your was, parents are from i had a good home like i wasn't mm -hmm. my, my, my parents were good parents they're even still married to this day um but my dad was a former gang member so he okay. was from my my ex my gang and then all my family, like every single male in my family at the time was a gang member. So all my uncles, my dad, my cousins, my, me and my brother, like we were all gang, they were all gang related. So I always grew up looking up to the gang members. Like I remember when I was a little kid, um, the older homies would be at my house or I would see older dudes or whatever. And then I would think like those are my homeboys because they would be like, oh, that's so-and-so son. Or that's, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? He's a little hogeen. Or, like, and my, my, my last name and my family's notorious around my hood. So um, like even, so there's like, I would feel embarrassed for I'll be walking like elementary school, my little school friend. You see some old cholo food right there all drunk on the street or whatever. Hey, what's up? And that talking to me. <laughs> the kids be like, you know him? And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, hey. Comes over my house all the time. Yeah, that, oh, that's my dad's homie or whatever. You know what I mean? But I used to think like if they were my homies. So I always grew up looking up to the gangs and looking like that. So that's why I was. Are both of your parents Mexican? Yeah. yeah. Both are are they immigrants or were they born here? Or They were both born here. Okay. But my grandpa was um, illegal on my mom's side. He okay. was illegal. He came over like that. But uh, my other family, uh, my other side came from Texas. Okay. From Texas, but yeah, they were both um, legal. And how did how did your father get into, or how far back do you remember that you're aware of? Like, does your family, mm -hmm. or at least the men's side, right? You say your father's a yeah. gang member. Is he still a gang member today, or no? No, he's, he's a, Christian. He's, he's awesome. serving the Lord. Cool. And then, uh, so how far back does like the gang members uh, go back? I guess into? back to them. I guess because his older, okay. my older uncle, because my dad was the youngest. Okay. And so his, his since his oldest brother, so um, 
I guess that generation, you know what I mean? Since mm-hmm. mom, my dad, and all his brothers. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I remember, um, I you know, growing up, I'm not trying to act hard here, everyone, you know, but I was part of a little clica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it, w- it was like a little middle school one, bro. It's like, uh, so I had like these friends that were... Um, uh, they came from like families of gang members. I we never like had gang members in my family. Uh, there was like a point where my sister, my older sister, she was dating uh, someone that was kind of from a family of gangsters. So I know what you mean, like coming over to like people's homes and it's like yeah, yeah. it's a it's a big family thing, right? It's like hey, they're gang oh, yeah. members, but they treat you with respect. They love yeah, you. Yeah. They're like hey, Mijo, when you coming over and this is that, you know. And so I remember in middle school, like being a fatherless home myself, I you know you kind of wanted that sense of family. And so to me, it kind of led to friends that were part of like gang members and yeah. like gang affiliated. And so like, I, I, I forget what my name's, uh, my friend's name was, but he was just like, hey, but we should start like a little clique. We'll call ourselves the Teardrop Locals. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, bro. And I, and, but like, I just wanted to be, I, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, and I, I don't, th- you know what, bro? Like, I don't think I've ever told anyone this, like, <laughs> but, uh, but we, you know, in my defense or, you know, maybe just kind of for full transparency, we were like, uh, I don't really know what the difference is between a gang and a clique or like a clique or like a little crew, I guess, you know, but we, we what we mostly did was like, um, Bandalize. like graffiti, like vandalize. Exactly. And me got to the point where I was so scared of my mom, like beating the crap out of me. If she ever found out what I was doing, mm-hmm. that I would put the graffiti on stickers and then I'd put the sticker oh, on the yeah, stuff, bro. Cause I was yeah, just yeah. like, yo bro, like if the police ever catch me, maybe, you know, like, yeah, Hey, it's just yeah. a sticker, dude. You know, this is that. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, with that, I, I kind of maybe wanted to get your perspective. Cause I think, you know, again, a little clique on middle school compared to, you know, being really, you know, uh, before we were, went on, you were talking about how the difference between a gang member and a gang banger. And I kind of want to, before you go into that difference, can you maybe like break it down as what do you think attracts? And I think maybe it's a cultural thing, like Hispanics and Latinos to like that gang yeah. member mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what, what do you think does it It for? is, like you said, it's like a cultural thing. Like, you notice how whites, a lot of them, they like the bikers. They like the Harleys and, and all that kind of stuff to be like the biker kind of guys. Latinos like low riders, especially Mexicans. We like low riders and mm-hmm. oldies and like that. So that's a big draw. And then they think because of our culture and all that kind of stuff. So it was a big draw. Another thing that was a big draw for me, to be honest, and I never really say it is the girls because oh, yeah. I, once I one. got in a gang, right? Because I'm telling you, I was just a normal little little kid, whatever, nothing. And then as soon as when I got in the gang, man, that's when I uh, got started getting a lot, like way more girls and all that. So that's a big draw too. Is it's the lip liner, isn't it? Is uh, <laughs> what it was. I guess they just like thugs or whatever it is. But yeah. that was another big draw. But uh, like most of mine was my family, and then mm-hmm. a lot of my homeboys too were. My friends since growing up, since we were kids, because I, we, I used to play sports, too, when I was young. So all my little homies that we used to play sports with, even around the neighborhood, we used to play football. You know, you play. Mm-hmm. The kids nowadays, they all want to be right there on their phone or their iPods. But me and my, we weren't like that. We were out there playing football in the streets. We were out there playing on the middle of the street, playing football out there and like that. So all the little guys that, since I was little kids, well, most of them, they all ended, we were all from the gang together. So mm-hmm. it was all with all my homies that since we were kids playing sports and all that, it was them and the family. So it, it, I was just 
you know what I mean? It was just yeah. used to being like that to me. Normal. One thing I've noticed is uh, even like looking at like maybe movies or even just in real life was that a lot of gang members profess to be Catholics, you know, like, oh, la virgencita, you know, and we got to respect this. But why do you think that um, despite being like kind of maybe heavy Catholic or, or Protestant, uh, they're still involved in like gangs, exactly. you know, like what wh- 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 do you think that there's like that um, disconnection between That's being professed Christians and, and continuing doing gang of because like it's funny you said that I never said this before but because I was Catholic I mm-hmm. used to be Catholic and all of that and I used to I remember I used to even go into the Catholic Church with a gun or a knife or doing bad probably even drugs in my pocket mm-hmm. at at the Catholic Church and I used to people probably thought like I could be doing whatever you know what I mean? But as soon as I leave, I go to church, but as soon as I leave church, I'm doing drugs or mm. doing all of that. But um, since I got saved and all of that, then I knew that I, that was wrong. And now I go and I, now I try to tell all the gang members. And God has used me a lot in, within mm-hmm. my old hood and people that know me, the real, from my back in the days, God used, because they all have respect me. Like today, if I go to my neighborhood, I'm not going to get a superstar over there. And people in my hood, they know, oh, that's, that's, that's a G homie right there or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. And God uses that where now I can share the gospel with, with them because mm-hmm. they respect me. They respect the stuff that I used to do, the old me and all of that. So now I use it for God's glory. Now God will say, because you know how I'll tell them and then they'll listen to what I say. Like, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll pay more attention. For sure. And, and you know, now to clarify it, so what did you say was like the difference between a gang member and a gang banger? And then you said you used yeah. to be a gang banger, right? Yeah. So can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, because um, there's like, like we we're saying that there's gang members and gang members. There's like anybody that knows about gangs or hood. There's dudes in the hood, but they're just there. They're just they're from the gang and all that, but they don't really do nothing. They're just right mm-hmm. there partying with the girls or getting high or they don't do nothing. But then every gang has the riders, the soldiers, the ones that are putting in all the work, the most crazy once and then that's how I was like I wasn't in a gang because I, I wasn't into drugs or any of that I just wanted to put in work I just wanted to do shootings or whatever to my enemies like I was just I was gang bane I was just mm. trying to get my enemies and and just being like a pretty much a soldier for my hood that's because the more I how I seen it where because most of the one my G homies are ones that I have respect for were the ones the most put in the most work like the mm. ones that were doing shootings and doing the most craziest ones, those are the, the most respected ones. And, like, every shooting or whatever you do, you get, like, a stripe. Like, boom, like, you're telling us, hey, we just did that. We, whatever, mm. whatever. So that's all. So I was hungry. And then because my, what happened for me is because my family all were all notorious. Like, and I'm, seriously, all my family were notorious, craziest old guys. So, and then, like, I was a little skinny little kid. And I want to turn my own name, my own respect, because everybody, oh, that's so-and-so's little brother, or that's so-and-so little whatever. But I was like, I wanted to earn my own name. So that's why I was just, because um, all my family, like I said, were all crazy old dudes. They were even so crazy that we fighting with each other. Even me too, I used to get into it yeah. with my cousin, because we were just all crazy all the time. So that uh, would make me was wanting to do a lot of things. And that's why I got arrested at 16. They got me, they charged me with... Uh, four shootings and I had did more than that but mm-hmm. that's just what they were charging me imagine that only 16 years old and Damn, charged with four shootings yeah man that's that's gotta be tough uh what you mind if I ask you what was your gang member name like what was rebel it? rebel 
Rebel. I was Luigi. Because <laughs> I was tall, I was tall and skinny, and then my last name is technically Italian. Because they're like Cabasa, what kind of Hispanic name is that? I'm like, it's Italian, and they're like, all right, we're calling you Luigi. So you had to do it all. Yeah, bro, I had like the little L, like all, you know, all that stuff. And then whenever you did the S, it was always like the little gangster S's or whatever. Yeah, that's funny. This is embarrassing for me because I'm actually talking to a real, you know, OG compared to like this little crew member that rocked around with like, you know, Cheeto fingers, thinking he's part of a clica. But with that, um. So, so you got arrested at 16. That was actually going to be my next question to you was, so at 16, you got arrested and you were charged of four different shootings. And then how long were you in, in jail for at that time? Or? I went for several years. I went to the youth authority mm-hmm. and it's crazy place. I remember, um, especially in those days, it was really bad. It was called gladiator school. It was so bad in there. Um, and I remember, like, the first, like, it was our worst nightmare. Like, all the little bratty little gang members in, in the halls. And even in the halls in those days was rocking. Like, you mm-hmm. right there fighting with all your enemies. It, it was bad, even in juvenile hall in those days. But all the little guys, we didn't want to go to the youth authority. Like, all of us in the halls, we were like, oh, we don't want to go to youth authority because we heard the stories, you know what I mean? Dudes getting raped and just everything over there. Like, so we were like, oh, we don't want to be right there. And then so when they told me that, they told me, oh, you're going to the youth authority. And then so I went up. I did um, four years in YA. You know what I mean? Oh, I wow. went, went YA, and it was crazy, oh, crazy place. I, like my first day there, I remember I was in the hallway, and I was a little skinny kid, 16 years old. And as soon as I'm walking in the institution, there's like 50, like a, a bunch of dudes out there like on the yard, right? And I, there's like six of us that are new guys walking in with our stuff. And there's a bunch of dudes on the yard, and I just hear somebody yell, F Puente, like my gang and all that. I was like, what the heck? How do they know? I'm thinking, how do they know already? I just got here. How do they already know where I'm from or, or mm. what? How is that? Like, and then I saw, I'm like, dang, and I'm in the hallway. And then um, there's a bunch of big old dudes in the, the you see the theater right there, like it's coming, like right there, and I'm right there in the front of the windows, and there's big old dudes in the windows, and they're like, looking at me, and they're talking crap, and they're, they're blowing kisses at me. They're blowing kisses at me. And I was like a little chihuahua, right? When mm-hmm. I would get scared, my mouth would just start going off. Oh. So I remember, I'll, so there were big old dudes, and they were all in the windows, and they're they're throwing kisses at me, and they're saying, yeah, we're going to get you. Because I was a little kid. I was a little skinny little kid. Yeah, and they were all big, probably like in their 20s, like 22 or whatever. And they were like, yeah, and they were throwing kisses at me. And I was like, what, fool? Do that when you come outside the door. I'll fire on you. I go, we'll see. All right, we'll see. Do that. Do that when you come um, outside the door. I'll fire on you. They're like, well, little fool, we'll break you, little fool. And I was like, we'll see. What's up, then? We'll see. Damn, I was talking bro. a bunch of crap. So <laughs> I guess they were just testing me because they never did nothing to me. So oh, I wow. guess they were just trying to scare the scene if I was going to. I don't know. They probably said, oh, this little crazy little kid is crazy or something because I was talking crap to them and then my as soon as i so i come to my room as soon as um uh, then my enemies are all yelling out the window dissing my hood so i diss them back and i go in the shower and i'm in the shower butt naked 16 year old little kid in the shower is like showering with like six dudes or whatever i'm in there some dude runs up on me with a shank in the shower my first day there runs up Damn. on me and he's bigger fool too he has size but he runs and i was a skinny old little kid and he runs up on me and he has a shank on me like this close and at first I got scared, bro. I went into back against the wall. I was like, whoa. And he has it on me. He's like, what's up now? Hey, what's up? Like that. And he was going to start. And I was scared, bro. I was like, <gasps> and then I was like, you know what? What's up then? Go ahead. Stab me. What's up? I ain't scared. What's happening then? What's up? Go ahead. Stab me then. And like, he looked like, 
it caught him off guard. He wasn't expecting it. So he was like, mm. he was just trying to intimidate Yeah. Him. So he was like, and he looked around at all the other guys and he was like, and then some fool's like, ah, fool, that little kid ain't scared of you. And then he was just like, what? F you, F you. And he left. He didn't stab oh, wow. me, bro. So I think he was, he thought I was going to be scared and he thought he was going to punk me. You know? But I was just my first date. But I ended up being in there for years. And by the time I got out of there, I was all crazy, bro. I, it, that's why they, they shut a lot of those places down, mm -hmm. which is good because they breeded. I mean, they made way worse. Because even though I was a gang member and all that, I was still just a normal little 16-year-old kid or whatever. But by the time I got out of that place, I was institutional. I was a total maniac, bro. It made me 10 times worse when I got out. I was just a... Is that why they call it gladiator schools? Because like it, it it's basically like you're just fighting for your life fighting in there, and it's like the time. Yeah, who can rise just, to the top. Yeah, even my first, even when I got to the institution, they sent me way up north. I don't know if you know about the Sureño, Norteños, and all that no, kind I of don't. stuff. But it's a big time war for the Latinos. Okay. Latinos like Southern Latinos, like all the cholos that you see from um, Bakersfield, like Delano down, are 13. That's why you see if you see uh, anybody knows about gangs, you'll see a 13, okay. and that's we're Sureños, we're from the south, and then from up north is the north, and those are like all the most craziest uh, prisons is where the north and the south is fighting with the mm -hmm. Latinos, the northern and the southern. So they sent me up there, and even my first day there, I get right there. Why would they do riot. that if the police already know they about do, gangs? They, they do, do it on purpose? But now uh, they started segregated now some of the oh. times, you know what I mean? But in YA, they weren't. And mm -hmm. uh, so they sent me up, even my first day there, as soon as I got right there, riot, bro. So a riot breaks off. Yeah. We get tear gassed. So imagine I'm a little old kid, and we get tear gassed riot and i was like dang man where did they send me to it's yeah. a crazy old place but like i said it messed me up because when i got out bro i didn't care about nothing i didn't care about my family anything all i cared about was the gang and putting in work and so hitting the streets like that they and then i, I was pretty big when i got out six two i didn't really know i'm six two really so i was six two straight white boy i got out and all the people that are scared, they kind of like fear you or respect you or whatever when they know, oh, he just got out of YA. You know what I mean? They mm. know that you're crazy and they just seem you're all crazy because anybody says one little word and boom, I'll hit them or like, you know what yeah. I mean? So they're like scared people on the streets. I mean, I just imagine being somewhere where everyone is there because, you know, maybe subjectively they're some of the worst people in society right it's, and then you get liberated to the free world where everyone's trying to stay out of that place yeah. so you're probably like bro i'm like at the top of the mountain right now like yeah. nobody nobody better even look at me funny because yeah. I'm, I'm coming after that guy because oh, you know yeah. Yeah. that that person's gonna do everything they can to not be confrontational as yeah. opposed to maybe like in jail where yeah. or like the ya where it's called gladiator school everyone was just beefing right and so yeah. it, it i think what you're saying is it kind of molded you to kind of you either had to become a gladiator or like you were you were the person that gladiator was messing with, you yeah. know? And so a, a question I have for you, and this is something that kind of, you know, dumbfounds me is one of the things that I see a lot in, um, you know, with gang affiliation is, is uh, you know, brown pride. Hey, we're, we're proud to be brown. We're proud to be Latinos. This is not. But what I notice is their biggest enemies are themselves. And exactly. what I mean by that is you're out there killing other brown people. Exactly. And so I was just at a funeral, man. It was like the most heartbreaking thing. Um, you know, I have a family member, 
uh, she was dating, you know, someone that I think used to be gang affiliated. And so I went to the funeral, young guy, bro, very young guy. I mean, dude, he has his whole life, you know, and I think he was trying to turn it around, if I remember correctly. And so there you had a lot of people from his like old or people, you know, because I think that even if you try to leave a gang, like they're they're still there. You know what I mean? Like your friends are still going to be your friends. You know what I mean? Like people... I mean, again, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not like they're going to hate you forever. It's just like, hey, man, this guy decided to leave, so we just got to respect his decision, but we're still going to be homies, you know, and this mm-hmm. is not. And so what I noticed that at the funeral is that, you know, the whole crew showed up, and a lot of them had, you know, brown pride, brown pride, brown pride. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, bro, like, what I don't understand, though, is you're here at your homie's funeral, mm-hmm. and he got shot by, like, possibly another, you know, yeah. brown guy. Yeah. And here you are, like, brown pride, why is it that you guys continue to do actions that hurt other brown people? Exactly. And that's to me, it's like, to me, that's always been like the biggest conundrum. And again, excuse my naiveness, you know, and maybe I'd love to hear your kind of take on yeah. this. Why is it that Latinos that are so prideful in being brown? And I think it's part of like the gang yeah. culture, right? It's like, oh, we're proud of who we are in our history. Our this is not, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that at yeah. all, by the way. Um, but then they're out there killing or gangbanging yeah. on other brown people. Yeah. You know, what? What's yeah, up with like, that? look at me. I, I was shot and paralyzed by another Latino. Wow. I had three cousins murdered by other Latinos. Like, that's why when the left, that's why um, I was on a left show recently. But but it's a joke when they always talk about white supremacy or they try to act like that's the number one issue and whites, all this. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? The most Latinos are killed by other Latinos, but yeah. blacks is the same thing. Blacks are killed generally a lot more by other blacks. So that's why I always felt like it's a joke when you see the left trying to everything, white supremacy, acting like that's the biggest problem. It's the biggest problem, like you said, is mm-hmm. Latinos killing our other own Latinos. people or our own enemy. Even probably anybody that got in a fight or whatever, it was always with another Latino mostly, or it's our own um, thing like that. And like you said, it's the culture too that kind of glorifies that like you said in movies like blood and blood out all those movies so it makes people like they look up to that and then like i said in our in our culture they like the low riders and that kind of um stuff so it movies and all that too has a lot to do with glorifying all that stuff because it's messed up look at me i lost my legs like i said i lost so many homies family members i if i had to go back again i would never Mm-hmm. get in a gang and all that that's why i was when i first got out of the hospital all that i was going into juvenile halls i was going to juvenile halls telling the little kids and they're like it's no good and all that so now i tell everybody to get away from the gangs it's it's, it's just a lie from the devil like mm-hmm. like you were saying they try to think they're all brown pride and all that but if you did you'd be doing things to help your fellow latinos right. help them to even get jobs and just all that kind of stuff but I, to me now i lead them to the gospel lead them to god that's the most important thing is they need more jesus in their life the latinos that's what i think they need yeah can you can you actually go into like the day you were paralyzed i like, kind of what led up to that day how old you were and then kind of like what life was like shortly after yeah um i got shot uh, paralyzed because um I got out and I ended up being like the main guy from my gang, just being so crazy, a YA boy, and just doing all the stuff that I was doing. I ended up being like the main guy from my hood, so I had the power and everything. And then I was working, I was going to do another shooting. Imagine I had years and all that for shooting and all that. I was going to do another shooting. Uh, we already had the stolen car, the guns, and all that. I'm always worried when we get off of work. 
and I was working with some older Christian man. And see, that's why it's a good thing. Because, see, he was an ex-gang member, too. And I mm -hmm. respected him because I knew he was an ex-gang member and all that. And he started sharing the gospel with me. And um, I never heard it. Like I said, I was Catholic and all that. I never heard the way he was saying. He was talking about Jesus and things like that. And I was like, whoa. Going to Catholic Church my whole life, I never heard nothing like the way he was telling me. And then, um, so he's telling me all that about Jesus and, and all this and that. And then I told him, you know what, that sounds good. Maybe one day, if I ever get married or something, maybe I'll go to church. I said, but I don't want to be no hypocrite. I don't want to be no half step or I ain't ready. Mm -hmm. I didn't tell him as soon as I get off work, I'm going to go do a shooting. But I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be no hypocrite. Yeah. And I said, maybe one day, though. And I said, but you know what? I don't think I can be forgiven. I did too many things. And he was like, mm -hmm. you can be forgiven. You never heard the story about King David in the Bible? And I was like, no. And he was like, he was a great man of God. He was sleeping with a soldier's wife. He had a soldier killed. He's talking about. So I'm listening to him. That's why anybody hearing this, if you're a believer, um, don't always don't be shared to share the gospel because he probably at the time the guy would have thought this little knucklehead ain't hearing what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But I heard what he was saying and yeah. he knew I was a righteous bad thug and all that. So always share the gospel all because it's not our job to save somebody just to plant the seed and see he planted the seed. That's all he did. He he told me the gospel and I thought about what he said. And it's a trip because at that time, I achieved the greatest you could have hoped for in that lifestyle. I, had, I was the main dude, ghetto superstar. I had so many I had girls. I had the power, respect, everything. And I wasn't happy. So I, I prayed God help me to change. And I went and I did the shooting. Blah, 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 and I went uh, to jail. And uh, uh, again, and now, uh, um, like that same night, you got arrested, or yeah, I got arrested because I went and I did the shooting, and boom, 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 and I got a high speed chase, and I crashed, mm -hmm. and I'm in the county, and I got saved that night because um, I, I, when I went to sleep, I mean, I prayed, I thought about everything that that guy had told me, and I prayed and asking God to forgive me and give me one more chance to get out because I was, I had seven felonies, I was looking at life. And I was thinking, I'm telling God, just give me one more chance to get out. And I promise I'll never touch a gun again and all that, whatever. And I had a dream that night. And I know I got saved. I don't remember the words I said, but it's true. God knows your heart. And he mm. knew my heart because I don't know the words I said because I didn't know how to pray or nothing. But he knew my heart. And I got saved. And I know I got saved because when I went to sleep, I had a dream. And something came in my dream. And I couldn't see the face. You know, you couldn't see. It was just something evil, some kind of entity, something and it was like it was like furious in my dream. In my dream, I was scared, and I said, "You know what, Jesus?" And I said, "Jesus forgave me." And when I, when I said that, whatever it was, it left. And when I woke up, I was a completely different person on the mm -hmm. inside. Like something dramatically had happened to me, but I didn't understand what it was. Like before, I used to always have only bad, evil thoughts, like on how to shoot at my enemies and doing bad things like that. But all those, like the devil used to, was constantly filling my mind with evil thoughts, but all those evil thoughts was gone, and I just felt different. And I started reading my Bible, and I, um, the Bible came alive to me. Like when I used to be in juvenile hall in the, in the youth authority, I used to try to read my Bible, but it was boring. I didn't understand it. It was like nothing. But after that night when I got saved, I started reading the Bible, the Bible came alive to me. And not only come alive to me, I was hungry for it. So wow. I was growing, learning. But the mistake I made was I tried to walk on both sides of the fence. I was still trying to kick it with the fellas, the sureños mm. in prison because I had respect, a lot of respect in jail. and all. So I was trying to kick it with the fellas, all that, but then go to Bible studies and learning like that. 
And then I got blessed, bro. Long story short, I only got a few years. So I got a few years. They sent me up. I went to the pen. I had never been to the pen. I was always just youth authority and all that. So I went up to the pen, and they sent me to a level three yard. And then my first day on the, like, I was trying to do good, bro. See how the devil is. I was doing good. I was going to Bible studies. I was learning about God, reading my Bible. But as soon as I went up to the level three of my first day on the yard, they were like, hey, there's some Nortenos on the yard. We need you to roll to get these foods and all that. And I was like, damn, man. So I had to do it. So I, boom, started rushing dudes on the yard, putting it work, going to the hole in the pen and all that. And then uh, so I started slowly but surely falling away. And then the day I got out, uh, all my homies were at my house and the little homies, little youngster homies that are like, hey, we're glad you're out. We want you to run the hood again and all that. It ain't been the same since you've been gone. And I tried to tell them, no, that's it for me. And they're like, what? You're just saying that because you're fresh out. And I was like, no, that's it. I want to go to church. Mm -hmm. So they were like all against me. All of my homeboys were all against me and all of that. And my family, my mother told me, I'll disown you if you turn Christian because my family hated Christians. And then long story short, how I got shot is I ended up getting to it with some guy, right? So I got into it with some guy. So I went like to this. a friend or? Just some dude. Right. He, was, he was a gang member too. Oh, okay. But uh, some dude, but it wasn't over gangs, it was over like girls and things like that. But I got into it with some guy, and uh, so I went to this guy's house, and I was just going to kick down the guy's front door and go up inside the guy's house. That's just a little glimpse of the type of person I used to be to go to a house, go up to the front door and just kick down the front door and go inside the guy's house and get the dude. So as I was kicking down his front door, he shot me, boom. He shot me right here, boom, out the side window. I fell, and then he was trying to shoot me some more, boom, boom. And as he was shooting me, I was pulling myself with my arms. And then uh, at this point, like when you were pulling yourself with your arms, did you notice that your legs weren't working at this point? Or? Yeah, I just knew. But I didn't really, like, that's why I said, like, I didn't really, like, I felt like an initial, like, uh, like I felt like a little, uh. Mm -hmm. But then I have no pain. Like, I, you know, I thought I'd be like, ah, pain. Like, I got shot. Right, right. I, but I didn't, I just felt like initial, like, uh, like I felt like a little, uh. And I fell. And then when I'm on the floor, my legs didn't work. But then he's shooting at me, and I couldn't feel nothing or nothing. So I was just trying to pull myself. And then my little cousin was with me, and he had a 9mm. So as I'm on, and that's my little cousin. He got murdered later, but uh -huh. he was with me, and my little cousin. So I look at him, and he has a 9mm, and he's on the wall all scared. And I tell him, what are you doing? I said, blast. You know, I'm right here shot on the floor. This guy's shooting, shooting at me, and he's right there with the 9. So then I tell him, shoot. And so my, brother, my little cousin starts shooting. Bloom, 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 with the nine millimeter. He's like, bloom, 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 bloom. and they pick me up and they take me to the car, and they're like, "What's wrong with you?" I told them, "I don't know. I think I'm shot. I can't feel my legs because I had no pain, no blood, nothing." <laughs> so they're like, "What's wrong with you?" I told them, "I don't know. I think I'm shot. I I can't feel my legs." And then they lifted up my shirt, and they tell me, "Yeah, you're shot." And then as soon as they told me that, bro. I you got knew. scared. No, I got or, scared. Okay. You know, I thought I'm going to die. You know what I mean? They told me, you're shot. So I got scared. I was like, oh, man. So I started telling myself, hang on for the ambulance. Hang on for the ambulance. So then the ambulance comes and the cops and the ambulance, they're all on me. And they put an IV, IV in me. And they're all talking. I hear the cops and the ambulance. And they're like, he's not going to make it. The only chance is to call for the chopper. So they tell me, hey, we're going to call for the chopper, airlifting you, hang on. So now I'm telling myself, man, hang on for the chopper. Now hang on for the chopper. So finally the helicopter comes. They put me in and we're flying. They're flying me to Loma Linda Hospital. So as I'm flying in the, the chopper, I can feel it, bro. Like if I'm righteously dying, I'm in the chopper. 
And the bullet, because I had, the reason I had no blood is because the bullet went through my lung and it went into my spine. So all my blood was going into my lung. Mm. And I was choking out my own blood. So no blood was coming all out. It was just going into my blood. I was choking oh, out damn. my own blood. That's because I had no blood. Yeah. And then so I, was, so I was like, it was getting hard to breathe. And so I'm choking out my own blood. And I'm in the helicopter. And I feel like I'm dying, bro. Like you could feel when you're dying. Like mm-hmm. I can feel like I'm actually dying, choking out my own blood. So I got scared. I started thinking about when I was in jail, learning about God and all that, reading the Bible, Bible studies and all that and everything. And I knew I was just kicking down that guy's door and all of that. And um, so I started calling out to Jesus. But I wasn't praying like, Lord, help me to live. Because I thought I was going to die at any second. It was only repentance. It was only mm-hmm. I didn't want to go to hell. So I was like, Jesus, forgive me. And, uh, you know what I mean? Like praying, totally repentant. And it was a trip because I was all scared, mostly physically dying. But once I started calling out to Jesus, I felt a wonderful peace came over me. And I can't even describe it in words. It was just, I was just, and it's never happened ever since then. But I just felt so at peace, bro. Like so comforted. I was like, like. Sure, it wasn't the morphine? It, I, don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I kidding, don't know bro. If it was. Kidding. I don't even know if they gave me some at that time. They probably gave you something. They probably like, gave yeah. me something, but I was just so at yeah. peace. But I don't remember them giving me nothing. But I just felt so cool, and I was That's just amazing, ever since that day I was okay. And then that when I started growing in my faith, like I said, I started when I got out of the hospital. I started going into juvenile halls. I started going into prisons, doing Bible studies, and started sharing the gospel with my ex-member homeboys, and speaking at like car shows, and I was speaking at churches, and that's what I was—I was just focused on the gospel until when I started Lexington and all that. That's awesome, man. So when you were shot, it was just that one bullet. One bullet. So you weren't like shot like in your legs or anything like that. Nah, just one. I wow, still man. got the bullet right now. The bullet—it's in my spine, like in the, oh, the core of my spine. Yeah. The bullet's like. Right, perfect. It's a thirty-eight too. They're having. They're just they saying they can't take it out. out. They never took it out. Oh wow! So wow. that's why when I hear people, oh my back hurts, I'm like, imagine <laughs> me. I got a thirty-eight slug in my spine. Bro, that is crazy. And then, so did anything happen because of that night? Like, did they wonder like how is it that you guys shot? Did the guy get arrested or? Uh, yeah, uh, they knew who it was, but I didn't. I didn't snitch on the guy, and mm. so the cops were mad because I was supposed to be violated because I was still on parole, and it's a violation. I don't know anybody doesn't know. That. Imagine that it's a violation to mm-hmm. get shot, and then plus the house when I got shot up right there, where I seen where I got shot up, it was all full of bullet holes. Cause I remember I told you my little cousin yeah. was blasting with us. So they knew I was up to no good, and the, the cop, my people, they knew where. But the cops wanted me to snitch on the guy that yeah. shot me, but I wouldn't. I was like, nah, I ain't gonna. Say say nothing because i was used to the prison and and all that kind of stuff so i was like no i ain't gonna snitch so the cops were mad and they told my po violate him because he ain't he ain't giving us no information and all that so violate him but then my po came to see me and i started sharing my testimony i was telling him everything that how i was dying and i called out to jesus i don't know to this day i don't know if he was a believer or what but he must have been because Mm -hmm. he told me he's like you know what the cops, the gang, all them, they, they told me to violate you, eh? but I'm not going to. He's on. Plus, I could see you you paid more. Like, you paid enough, mm-hmm. basically. I mean, you lost your legs. You know, you're all paralyzed. You know, basically, the cops like, they told me to violate you, but I'm not. I see, I feel that you, you got punished enough for what wow, man. you did. And he let me be out. Damn. 
So since then, you've just been going around and you're just like, hey, you know what? This is my story. Dude, that's amazing, man. I'd never heard it this much in depth, man. Like, thank you for sharing that with us, dude. I'm sure everyone listening is probably like, damn, that's that's crazy. Because obviously, you know, um, growing up, especially here in Los Angeles, you know, you you hear a lot of people get shot up and stuff. And, and, you know, we've kind of been on the outskirts of it. We, We grew up in San Fernando. And it's funny because I have like friends from like Boyle Heights, and they're like, "Oh, bro, you're the Valley Boys, bro!" Like you I'm guys, a Valley have, Boy too, yeah. Boy, SGV, so yeah. yeah. And so and so they they just used to make funny like, "Oh, bro, you you're not from LA, bro. You're oh. from the Valley, bro. You're a Valley Boy." And this is I'm like, "Bro, like we we there was a lot of gang activity in Canoga Park, you know, in Pacoima, San Fernando. Yeah, all that there too. was a lot of it. Yeah, um, and and even in my high school, um, summer high school. Um, there was like gang activity, like people were always jumping someone or, you know, like the, the, the Hispanics versus the blacks or whatever, you know, yeah, cause yeah, it was yeah. predominantly Hispanic in a yeah, black yeah, school, you know, yeah. it wasn't a lot of whites per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so with that, um, dude, that's an amazing testimony. So can you kind of, so that's what kind of did it, you away from that gang life and you're like, all right, bro, the like Lord. I can't no longer do this. Um, and, and, and well, so, the Lord just took it from me. Because right. I could have still been a gang. That's why some people are like, oh, because he got shot, that's why, or whatever. But I could have still been in the gang like that. But the Lord took that from me. Like, I always knew, though, bro, from day one, from that. Like, that's why people are like, you weren't never bitter or nothing because, like, are mad at God because you're, you can't walk or God and all that. And then I was like, no, because I was always grateful because I, I was always grateful to be alive. Yeah, that's so true. I was always as a blessing. Like, I was like as a blessing so i was just putting it like for putting the work for god because i felt like i was supposed to die that day but i always feel that god left me for a reason so i knew from day one i knew i felt god's gonna use me god's gonna mm. use me but i felt that he was gonna use me with gangs in prison and like that kind of lifestyle i right. figured he's gonna use me in gangs because of my gang so that's why I, I went and started immediately going into juvenile halls and in prisons and it was, God was impacting me in there when I was, you would tell me, I'm telling you, when I would go in the juvenile halls, the little kids in there would love me. Because I was telling mm-hmm. them, I used to be like you little kids. I was the main dude. I was in youth authority, all that, the pen and all that, whatever. So God was using me a lot, even with the, like, my, my, my homeboys and, and things like that. And that's what the main thing I was focused on was. I still not. That's the, my main focus, even beyond politics before politics is my faith that's the most important thing to me and yeah. what Lex said. I think it's a I, I think you bring up a good point man is is you know people want to say aren't you angry you know and you're like well I'm just lucky to be alive I remember one of the earliest times that I found out that someone I cared for had died to gang violence uh I was I think I was in middle school I had just moved from Canago Park to Somar and it which is like 20 minutes away or so and um, th- this girl I used to date, I think her name was Vanessa or something like that. Um, they had called me later on. They're like, hey, bro, you remember that girl, Vanessa? You, I mean, bro, we were like kids, you know, fourth grade, fifth grade, like a little girlfriend, you know, whatever. It wasn't like a long-term relationship or anything like that. Um, but uh, they said like, hey, bro, you remember that girl, Vanessa? I'm like, yeah. Like, bro, did you know she got involved in the gangs? I'm like, nah, I, I don't remember her like that. You know, well, obviously when I dated her, she wasn't made in, in gangs, but so young, you know, being in middle school. Like, yeah, bro, she got shot in the head, and she's dead. And I'm like, bro, Vanessa? Like, the girl I dated? And I was like, bro, what? And then since then, it's just been like a, dra- a trajectory, you know? Like, Silmar had its gangs. I remember, like, one night, I was walking home from high school, bro, and and this guy, you know, ironically, also in a wheelchair, he'd been paralyzed due to gang activity and stuff like that. And it was late at night, and he was kind of like, 
uh, he was an, uh, a black guy, and he was, you know, you can tell he's gang affiliated because the way he was talking and the way he was, like, throwing up signs or whatever. And it was another Hispanic guy. And I guess what happened was they, they kind of crossed paths, and maybe they must have been talking crap to each other, like the guy in the wheelchair and then the Hispanic guy. And the Hispanic, I guess the, the black guy was maybe berating the guy's girlfriend. And so he's like, hey, if I'm going to come back and blast you, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, come then, come. And I was kind of like, I, I didn't, I was kind of like just standing because I'm like, what, it, like, I don't know what's about to happen right now. You know, it's dark. I'm late coming home from school. I'm in high school. I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, the guy from like underneath his cushion of his, of his uh, thing, he pulled out a, a strap, hey, bro. And I was just like, you. all right, bro, I'm about to die right now. They were like, this is crazy to me, you know? And then he was like, hell yeah, bro, I stay strapped all the time. And then he started talking to me. He's like, can I walk with you, young man? And I'm like, bro, just don't shoot me, bro. You know, like, I got I got scared, you know? And I was just like, oh, sure, you know? And we were just like talking or whatever. And then I, I eventually made my way home. Wow. But yeah, man, it's, and, and like, you, you know, you hear about it all the time. And so it's, it's unfortunate, man. And, and I see see it and again i i I have to keep asking myself what is it that draws people to it and stuff but obviously i understand like the sense of feeling part of a community friendship you know what i mean and if if sometimes if that's all you have or that's all you grow up around you know then of course but it gives you an identity too because now you're a little nobody little kid and then you're so and so from such and such gang and i remember i liked it because like i said i was a little skinny little kid right Mm -hmm. and i remember being a little freshman and big old jock seniors, I mean, big, you know, big old football seniors, and going up to them, talking crap to them, you know what I mean? And yeah. they won't say, oh, they wanted to say nothing because he's a little game, because you know what I mean? And I, I liked it that far. I'm like, hey, look at that. No <laughs> little kid would ever go up to no a freshman, little skinny little kid, would be telling a bunch of jock football players talking crap to them. And so I like that because I'm right there, you know, with little girls right there, and then I'm right there telling these dudes and all the big old dudes, and then they're scared. Like, oh, I don't want to tell them nothing. You know what I mean? So yeah. I liked it, that power. But it's good that we're talking about because, you know, it's big in our community, the it Latino is, yeah. community. But anybody that's watching this, you have your little kids, your little nephew or anything, think about this. Any old gang members, ask them, tell them. Any old gang member, the most G's homie or whatever, They'll probably tell you that they regret ever getting into the game. Like, if I could go over, I would have never got into the game. Look, at I lost my legs. Like I said, I lost so many uh, family members. Even if the OG, if you do see some old guy and they are still trying to back that gangs and all that, they're probably like a low life. They're probably a drug addict, all on drugs, smack back, like all jacked up. The, all the ones that you see are doing good. Or have their families and all that, they all would regret that. So, anybody that's thinking about that lifestyle, they should see that it's no good. Mm Because anybody that went through that would tell you it was a mistake. It's wrong, and don't don't let Hollywood and all them glorify it. Because, like you said, like that poor girl, Mm -hmm. she lost her life. So many have lost their lives for what? For nothing. For what? That's what I'm like. Do these people have their whole lives ahead of them? And that's what sucks about like the gang life is, uh, you know, again perceiving it from the outsider perspective. Not even claiming to be, you know, like the little clique we had. That to me was just, you know, fun and jokes between friends and stuff. Never, never will I claim to, you know, have lived the life you have or be exposed to that much. But what saddens me the most is 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 the life expectancy, you know. And 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 again, to me, it's like, bro, I I, I try to comprehend the whole like brown pride and and having 
pride in your heritage, who you are, whether you want to call yourself, you know, Latino or Hispanic, or if you don't like either of those terms because you're too colonial and you want to call yourself more like a Chicano and this is not. I respect all these views. I do. What I don't understand is that the constant beef, like the constant berating of other people, you know, and I'm just like, bro. And, and now, you know, we'll, we'll jump into the politics side. We're going to step into the arena where other Latinos are looking down on you now. Where one time maybe you were kind of like, hey, I'll do anything to defend my block and my people. Yeah, yeah. To now, like they're looking at you, like we want nothing to do with you because of your politics. So, yeah. can you kind of uh, run us down? And how how did you? So obviously, you know your lifestyle. You moved away from it. You're now preaching the gospel. You're talking to other, you know, gang affiliated people. And like, hey, bro, this is my testimony. I want you guys to hear it. And I'm sure there's people that you probably don't even know about Jesse that God has used you know, your message to reach them and you don't even know about it, you know? And so God always works like that, right? It's like, I like that quote that the pastor told you, you know, it's like, hey, it's not my job to convert you. It's just my job to install that seed in you, you know? And so you're right. Maybe that guy didn't think that that day you were, that all oh, this little knucklehead's not listening, but you were. And then here you are now, right? And so can you kind of lead us into how did you get involved politically? So how did you kind of come to the realization like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm actually conservative and um, you know, now you're the founder of Legsit, you know, yeah. and so can you kind of talk to us about yeah, that? Yeah, again, it was my faith because, like I said, I was a Democrat, and then I was just seeing that they were against all my values. Like, I'm against killing babies. Like, I was, as I was growing in my faith, the stronger and more I was learning about my faith and growing in my faith, I was getting away from the Democrat Party because I'm reading scriptures, and then I'm seeing I'm against that. I'm mm. against that, and then... The, what really did it was when Obama started putting the men in women's restroom and all that. I'm like, how could like everything that they're doing was against my godly values. So at first, I, so I was just mad, and then that led me to uh, start doing my research on the Democrat Party. And I seen that they were like one of the founders of the KKK and the Margaret Sanger and the Jim Crow and just all the racist past of the Democrat Party that. That led me to do my research. So I seen it. I was like, whoa, I never learned none of this in school. They weren't teaching none of this in school about the racist past of the Democrats and all that. So I learned, and I was like, they're foul. So then, um, and then Trump came. That's when I when Trump came. And then, like I said, I wasn't really big on him. And then he won. And um, I but just, at this time, like when Trump was running, because I know you said that you were a Ted Cruz guy. Right? Yeah, like I was we were going more, for Cruz. So at this time, you kind of already knew, okay, I lean more Republican I and more, register yeah. Republican. Yeah. Okay. I was more conservative. I was just, yeah, I was mad at the Democrats. I was mad because, like I said, all my golly values. And, and then I learned about their past, all the shady stuff with the Democrats and all. So I was, like, angry with them. And then I liked Cruz. I, I liked him as a candidate or whatever. So, um, yeah, so I was already more leaning like that. And then... Um, when Trump came out, and then um, I didn't respect too much of Trump. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't know nothing about him really. I didn't know anything. But he, when he came in, he was doing good. I just liked everything that he was doing, everything he was saying. Um, so I was like, whoa! And then I just seen the constant CNN and the fake media was constantly bashing Trump constantly. So then um, I seen uh, Candace. That was when Candace Owens came out with Blexit. Mm -hmm. So then I seen that, and then um, when that happened, uh, I started talking to a couple, of, I talked to David Pasuto and some other Latinos, and I told them, hey, we need this, we should start up something for Latinos, because all the mostly of Latinos, a lot of Latinos that I know with and go to church with and stuff like that are conservative, and we're like, we like Trump. We don't know mm -hmm. what the hell the fake media and all of them saying. You know what I mean? Like, we like Trump. We're, we want the wall and all that. Like mm -hmm. So then... Um, 
we started up Lexit, me and Dave Suto and us said we started it up and then uh, as soon as we started it, boom, it started just taking off. Boom, 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 boom. And that's that's pretty much how it started. Like that. And Lexit stands for the Latino exit. Latino exit from the Democrat Party. From Democrat. We're conservatives. But now I don't consider myself. That's why I say now, because the Republicans piss me off too, and <laughs> we don't we don't just back Dude, any you. Republican, and we don't because then you know, like me, and, we'll talk about that later. But me and him, me and you, are from the old school conservative Latino whatever movement, we've been around years, and maybe like the first year or two, we were like I was always scared about the Republican Party, what they're gonna say or do, whatever. But I'm like. They've never done anything, bro. They've never done anything to help or anything to me. So I'm like, I ain't going to be beholden to them or whatever. Mm -hmm. So now we do or whatever we feel or any candidates that we feel and we blast even both sides. And that's what I always say. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm, right. a, I'm a Biblican. I vote the Bible. And we, I don't care who it is. If they with our godly values, then we won't back them or whatever it is. We do what we feel, whatever we want. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's very important, man. You know, I, and I think this is something that like, you know, a lot of leftists that come and attack me or attack you uh, might have, you know, that misconception that we're like these hardcore Republicans. Mm -hmm. And to me, I'll be very honest with you. I've never really identified with the Republican Party. Even growing up, I kind of have like the same story, right? I kind of my at least I thought politically aligned more with Democrats because it's just, you know, we live in Los Angeles, you know, and out here it's like you don't really hear about Republicans because they're like this distant person, this distant par party because the Republican Party is just not really that active or big in California. We have a Democratic governor. We've had a Democratic governor. We've had a Democratic supermajority. We have a Democratic House majority, Democratic Senate majority. We have a Democratic mayor. I mean, everything is Democrat, 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 Democrat. And so, of course, you're, you start thinking to yourself, like, well, maybe it's so Democrat because we're all Democrats and this is just a very Democratic state. And then you start growing up and you start reading the Bible and you start thinking to yourself, well, wait a minute. Actually, I'm a lot more conservative. And where do conservative values lie? Oh, it lies more with the Republican Party, especially today. But to me, it's kind of like what you said. What angers me, I kind of hate that the Republican Party is is able to harness the conservative values and morals because we have nowhere else to turn to. But in all honesty, and just to kind of echo what you said, I also hate the Republican Party so much. You know, and that's why to me, I look at the 2022 midterms and people just want to blame like one or two things of why Republicans lose. I'm like, but in reality, uh, you know, if you leave your echo chamber and you really start paying attention to some of the Republican candidates, you start realizing, okay, this guy is only a Republican by default. It's not like they have really good values or really good policies or solutions. I, you know, I, I've made this point multiple times on, on my segments, on my, on my, on my podcast. I've said, you know, Michael knows one of the biggest conservative commentators out there says that the Republican Party has just become the, par the party of no, which means Democrats want to pass a policy and Republicans are like, no, we don't want that. Democrats will be like, oh, well, we want, you know, transgender language. And they're like, no, we don't want that. There's no real solution in the Republican Party. They're just like the party of no, like, oh, we want to increase taxes. That's what Democrats say, right? And Republicans are like, no, we're not going to do that. Okay, but then what is your solution? And then I think that you guys have probably seen it with Lexit. Is like you look at these candidates and you're like, okay, man, like literally we're probably only supporting you just because your values somewhat align with us, but you're not the ideal candidate. I and know. I think that with Republicans, they need to start getting better at that because, you know, say what you want, but Herschel Walker, Dr. Oz, 
like these are not like bro these are not like staunch strong you know conservative people that you would think about you know what i mean like I can think of a, a plethora of other people. You know, Blake Masters, I thought he was going to do phenomenal. Yeah. I, I got to meet Blake Masters from Arizona, and I told him, I'm like, he, he was. I kind of felt like he wanted to ask me, but maybe he thought maybe it was too racist. But he was probably genuinely curious as to why a Hispanic like myself, first-generation American, uh, would support someone like Blake Masters. And so I, I basically told him, like, you know what really drew me to your campaign, Mr. Masters? He's like, oh, please call me Blake. And I'm like, you know what really drew me to your campaign, Blake, is that you believe in restoring America to a time and a place where a single family income can support your entire family. That's what he ran on, right? He's like, let's bring back America, uh, maybe not culturally to where we were in the 1950s, but at least fiscally, let's bring it back. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, I, and you could probably agree with this. As Hispanics, as Latinos, isn't that like kind of like in our culture, right? And they, you know, I think they mistakenly call it machismo, but it's like, hey, we want to provide for our spouse. We want to provide for our children. We want to go back to those days where as a father, as a Latino dad, you can go work your nine to five or your eight to four, whatever it is. You can come home, you sit down for dinner with your kids. They've already done homework. The wife's got, you know, the house clean and, you know, you can call it whatever you want, the patriarchy, machismo, whatever, but times were better then, you know, and, and we can do away with, with the bad and, and you know what? Our children were better raised and they were a lot more respectful because if you can afford a, a parent to stay at home, then that one parent can solely focus on the children mm-hmm. as opposed to what we have now or, you know, I, I truly believe that feminism was just kind of like a ruse to get women working in the in the in, in the in the, in the, the corporations. And now you have both parents, you know, distracted or stuck at work, barely making ends meet, even with two incomes. I saw that in a tweet today. Yeah, yeah. I said, you know, back then uh, we used to be able to have, you know, a, a, a man, a working man back in the 1950s was able to provide for his family, was able to provide for the mortgage or real estate, was able to pay for extracurricular activities, for vacations, whatever. Nowadays, two working parents can barely make end, ends meet, which is true, you know, depending on obviously, you know, uh, many different nuances. But it, and I told Blake, I'm like, that's what did it. And he's like, dude, we're going to push that a lot more. Win or lose, that's the message we want to have within the Republican Party. So now I'm sure you've probably seen that, you know, Harmeet Dillon is running for RNC chairwoman versus, you know, Ronald McDaniel. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Kevin McCarthy. A lot of people are challenging him. They're like, hey, we no longer want you as speaker. I don't think he has the votes right now, if I'm not mistaken. Does he? He does it? No, he does. I don't, I don't think he does. I think he needs like five more votes. Last I checked, uh, don't quote me on that, but... What we're seeing is we're seeing an awakening in the Republican Party, and I think a lot of it is because you have now Latinos entering, and in all reality, Latinos are not this progressive, woke, you know, demographic that wants to enter the Republican Party to have, you know, some people say, oh, we need big tent politics in the Republican Party. But if you have big tent politics and say, for example, you know, there are some bad actors in the Republican Party that want the future of the Republican Party to be for same-sex marriage. You think Latinos or Hispanics are going to be mm-hmm. for that? Absolutely They're not. They're going to kill all the work that we've been doing because that's one of the main things. And they'll look like hypocrites. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because like, they're going to say, oh, you guys have been saying all that about that. But then you guys 
we'll have nothing to talk. Yeah. We'll have nothing to stand on. Like we'll have no right. credibility. It's just getting to the point where it's like you know, uh, there's no difference there's culturally no difference. between either of them. And so eventually, what you're just going to have is you're going to have a Democratic Party that is for high taxes, and then you're going to have a Republican Party that is just for low taxes. And then that's the only thing that's going to make a difference. It shouldn't be that way, right? Yeah. And and the thing is, look, it's not that we're sitting here trying to be like these much machismo guys or anything like that, or okay. saying like, hey, like. Uh, you know, this is not what we want. This is not. But we are a way larger demographic than that maybe 1% that want to change exactly. the future of the Republican Party. So to me, it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like, are we really about to leftist the right where you have this small percentage of people making all the difference and calling all the shots for, for how we're going to steer the party? Uh, but you know that we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have you back and we'll, hey, we can go expand we'll on that, that. Even like you're saying, the Latinos, the numbers are going up, all right. of this. Why are you doing that to reach this one little less than 1% or yeah. whatever? And you're getting all this momentum with the Latino vote. What are you doing? Right. But I'm saying, I talk to people from all over the nation, different states, and they're telling me in those states too that there's good candidates and they're not backing them. They're mm. only backing mostly establishment of the rhinos mm -hmm. that that's who they're backing if it's a good candidate or whatever and they're american first and all that they won't back them they're only mostly backing these establishment rhinos and they need to stop that's why it's good that people are standing up and hopefully they get mcdaniel uh, ron mcdaniel gets out of there and that's good because we're sick of this yeah we're sick of the same old rhino do nothing they're just so frustrating bro it gets yeah. us so front like you said the there's just like oh because the the left is so whacked out so come over here right like they should have some kind of like you said they should have more better stuff to offer because they're giving it to us on a platter like even this past election yeah we should have did way better look way at the better. gas everything the border name uh issue and the democrats are doing terrible yeah. how could it be that that is another thing is too because of um the Republicans, they don't do nothing, bro. Like, mm -hmm. what are they doing? Like, it's Turning Point, us, other grassroots organizations that's putting all the Republican part. Like, these numbers are going up for the Latinos. It ain't because of the GOP. They're no, not getting not. them. It's because of you, us, all of the work that we're doing is what's getting. So you think that at least that they would be helping us, and mm -hmm. yet they don't. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting because, uh, like, the cultural problems, which is, like, all this wokeism, the stuff that they're teaching kids in school, the curriculum, the CRT, the LGBT pronouns, transgenderism, all that stuff, that's what's driving Latinos away from the Democratic Party. And then you have, like, the Republican Party, mainstream Republican Party. That's what they're embracing, and that's what they're pushing for. So that's why it's like you said, like, bro, what are we doing here? Like, do you want the vote? Yes or no? You know what exactly. I mean? Like, that's what that's what I understand. But, you know, with, with Legsit, what are some of, like, the things that you guys have kind of harnessed on as far as, like, morals, values? You know, um, I know you guys are, like, more, like, conservative, right? You don't really consider yourself, like, a Republican. It's more, like, the, the, the values and stuff, right? So what is it that um, you're, I guess— like, what's your mission statement? Can you kind of explain Legsit for people? Like, what it is that you guys do, like, your day-to-day, -day, like, your hopes? Like, what is it you hope to achieve yeah. within the Latino-Hispanic community? Yeah, we just want, we tell them to focus, our main is the vote on your godly moral values. And we tell them to vote on the issues. Don't vote on your feelings or, or race or any of that stuff. Vote on policy. Vote on good candidates. Do your research on the on even whatever candidate do your research on the candidate do your research on the issues 
on all that, on propositions, all of that. Do your research because a lot of people don't. They just go, a lot of Latinos, believe it or not, they'll go down the thing and they're just voting D, D, D or whatever. Like they don't even know anything about anything. They're just voting D, 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 D. Don't. Do your research. Tell them, we tell them to do your research because most Latinos are conservative. They just don't know it. So when you start showing them, look, we're pro-life, we're pro-God, pro-Second Amendment, you know what I mean? Lower taxes, whatever. Just go down the list when we're against socialism. All, most Latinos are like, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what we're telling them. So why are you voting Democrats? And, and like anybody could be um, in Lexington and all that, but we just feel who better to reach Latinos than fellow Latinos. And then like me, they see I'm from the hood and all that. So they could relate because if it's a, another, because uh, they, they, you know, they, they think the Republicans are mostly rich whites. That's what a lot of Latinos and minorities think. But we're, so we're showing them, they see me, and we're from, I'm from the hood. I'm from the hood. I'm from the barrio. And, and we're conservative. And we're, and so then that helps to kill that stereotype that it's just rich, whites, and all of that. But I just wish that, um, like we were saying, is that the Republicans would do more. Because what I don't like is that they seem to be, the, the, our party always, the Republican Party always wants to compromise. Do you notice that? They're the mm -hmm. ones always about the gay marriage or whatever it is. The, now, even the, the trying to say about even abortion. What's that next? The left never compromises, bro. They don't ever, you notice that? Mm -hmm. The left won't ever compromise none of their values, especially they should, we should not compromise on things when it comes to word of God. That should not be, that should be the line that draws like the, the left. I'm telling you, you'll never hear the left or Pelosi coming out. You know what? We Maybe we should need to be a little bit more pro-life. And they would never go against their core things. But our side always wants to compromise. And they, they need to, we need to hold our values, whatever. The Republican Party should hold on to whatever they are. Make people like perfect illustration was Trump, right? A lot of people don't like when he says, oh, grab the girl by her, whatever, or little things what Trump does, right? So you're like, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that about Trump, but I'm going to go for him anyways because of I like all these other things, right? Mm -hmm. That's how the Republican Party, they should hold our stance on this is what we believe, our core values and all that, make people see, okay, the left is totally whacked out, totally against all of that, so... I don't agree with the Republican on this, or even if they're gay or whatever, I don't agree that there's not so much, whatever. But I'm going to go for them anyways because I'm against socialism. I'm against this. Make them compromise to come with us. We don't compromise our beliefs, and that's what I don't like about the Republican side. They're always quick to try to compromise with the left, and the left doesn't ever compromise. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, that's a uh, that, that's a fair point. Um, I, I know that like uh, you know you were talking. Uh, you just had a recent debate, right, with um, like Alex the Socialist, I think his name yeah. is, and uh, you know you were you guys were kind of like getting into like exchanges and stuff like that. And I think one of like uh, the more craziest sound bites was like you know uh, children are safer like a drag queen story hour than they are at church. You know, yeah. and I was like, Can damn, bro, that? what? <laughs> Can you believe that? That's why they exposed them because at the beginning. They're all pushing their socialism and whatever, trying to glorify or whatever. But then as it went along, they, they they exposed themselves. Can you believe that? He was trying to basically justify grooming kids. He was mm -hmm. like, oh, it, he's all, oh, what's wrong with them teaching the kids and all of that? And um, 
if you should have more faith in your kids that they're not going to turn out gay, so who cares if they're teaching that in the schools and all that? And then he said that. He said that uh, that he would rather his kids go to a drag show than a church, bro. And then that's what I said. I was like, everybody watching this, you see, this is the difference between the left and the right. Mm -hmm. Can you believe that? That's ridiculous to say that you would rather have your kids at a drag show than at a church. That's just, that's what it's, it's coming down to. Now, most of the time I've seen that a lot, bro. When you're seeing that, it's getting to be like the point. Most of the people you see when they're on the left or they're Democrats, they're not really religious and all that. So mm -hmm. they don't, the ones that don't care about religion and all that, I, I've noticed to seeing that they're more for the Democrats getting was getting into us. That, that's thing. kind of how I've always seen it. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, what we can all kind of fairly assess is, you know, Democrat versus Republican, socialist versus, you know, right wing populist, whatever people want to call it. To me, it's always just been a battle of good versus evil. And, you know, do Republicans harness all good? No, not necessarily. You know, there's a lot of things that, you know, they, that they do that are stupid. You know, Donald Trump, three times married, right? Herschel Walker abused his child, according to, you know, Christian Walker. It, it's, it's you know, and I think that this is where, like, you know, a lot of people make the mistake is that they feel that because Republicans claim to be Christian or are Christian, um, that they should be better. They should be held to higher standards. It's, it's actually, you know, a fair point on Twitter. Somebody said this, like the problem with Republicans is that Democrats hold them to their standards. And the problem with, with, with Democrats is that nobody holds them to any standards. And so basically what that means is that society has like this view of how Republicans should behave because they claim a lot of them claim to be Christian, conservative, you know, America first versus globally. And so the moment you make any small infraction, the left is like, or, you know, people that don't align with Christianity or conservatism are like, aha, you see, you guys are hypocrites, you guys are this, this, and that. But to me, it's like, it it's expected. Like, just because we're Christian doesn't mean we won't make mistakes. And if anything, that's why we are Christian, is because we know that we're deeply flawed, we're never going to be perfect, and we always need help. And that help shouldn't come from the government, it should come from God, because God is the foundation of all mor morality, you know? He is... He is perfect. There, and, and if you go by a secondary module or an imitation, which to socialists and communists, that you know uh, lack of theism in God is now is concentrated in, in in government. And so that's why going back to like, oh, Democrats don't compromise because that is their religion. Their religion is government. Their religion is AOC. Their religion is Bernie Sanders. Their religion is beating you in politics. They just want to win. And this is like an argument that I make all the time is that with, with Democrats, they'll compromise whatever it takes so long as they win because at the end of the day, they just want to say, oh. we beat you. We have that power over you. And this is what like a lot of Republicans don't understand. They think that people can be reasoned with or like, oh, maybe if we try to tell them that they're the real racist, maybe they'll vote for us. It's like, bro, no matter what you tell them, you know, like at the end of the day, it's just a rejection of Christ. And, and that's what I see with like a lot of like, um, you know, you were talking about one of the other guys that was on the show. Uh, you said his name was Herod or Heron. Heron or something like that. And he was talking about how he's like one of those more like indigenous and like, oh, pre-colonialism. You can call it whatever you want, you know. And again, is there anything wrong with wanting to go back to the culture of like your people? And this is that? No, not necessarily. I do have a problem when you start, uh, you know, using these terms 
to just kind of avoid what you're really hating here. What you're hating here is Jesus Christ. You hate the teachings, exactly. you hate the culture, you hate this this standard of living. So if you're one of these people that are like, oh, you know, we're ancient Aztecs and this is who our people really are before the Spanish came, I want nothing to do with a culture or a society that didn't know Jesus Christ. That's just the reality, you know what I mean? And, and so to me, when I hear these people talk about that, it, it's just... It's escapism. It's like I'd rather have that than have Jesus Christ and a, a Western wow. society centered around morality and God because we just want to be left alone. We want nothing to do with your God or your white God. You know, they, they use all these stupid yeah, terms yeah. for it. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's just we're sinners. We don't want to be reminded that we are sinners, wow. and we want nothing to do with accepting this white Jesus Christ, which I'm like, bro, come on. You know what yeah, I mean? Like you it's, hit it right on the head, bro, that, because that's if all you it watch is. that debate, like you said, they, at the beginning they were talking about socialists, but as you went on, you seen that they were just God haters. They had, one had nothing to do. That's what it boiled down to exactly. And then what, what they do said. is they grab like, you know, the champions of the right. They grab like the Trumps and they grab like, oh, these Trump. are your leaders, but look how sinful they are. Yeah, yeah. Bro, no one's arguing that. No yeah. one's arguing that Trump isn't a sinful man, you know? But again, you, I, and I think that maybe sometimes you even see on the right is that that hyper loyalism where they're so loyalist to a fault where it's like, okay, well now we've forgotten God because now we're starting to make politics our religion, you know, like, look, the reality is we lost in 2018. We lost in 2020. We lost in 2022. At some point, we need to self-reflect and be like, okay, obviously we're doing something wrong here, whether it's as a party or it's us as voters or it's us as Christians. Maybe we need to take a step back and kind of reassess, you know, but um, with that, what do you say to like people, you know, obviously you guys are doing good work. Uh, you know, you guys do a lot of activism. You're on the streets. I know you guys just did like a, 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 what was it like a Thanksgiving drive that you guys did? Yeah, like we, where you were giving out like family, like foods to families and yeah, stuff like that, which, you know, again, it's all encompassing to conservative values, but also the Hispanic culture is like giving back to our community. Yeah. Right. Uh, but what do you say to people, maybe not like Alex a socialist, but just people in general when they're kind of new to politics and they're like, but why should I be conservative? What do you say to people who push back saying Republicans don't really care about Hispanics or Latinos? Well, see, we're showing that. That's what well, we're, like you said, we just went and um, gave out Thanksgiving turkeys. We give out food. We go out there feed the homeless because we, we want to just talk about it. We want to be about it. We want to go out to the actually help people because especially right now people are hurting so they need that's what i i wish that more the republicans or the conservatives would do would go reach out to the ghettos and the hoods and things like that and helping the people because then it would make our job a lot easier they would see because they hear republicans are rich whites and all racists and all that stuff so if they see republicans out there helping them giving them food and, and helping showing that they care that will go a long way. That's what we feel that um, they should they should start doing that a lot more because the Republicans, as a the party, they don't do anything to help minorities. Mm -hmm. what, what do they do, bro? Mm -hmm. They don't do nothing. They should be out there helping. Um, like that's what we do. Mm -hmm. what, was, what were you asking? No, yeah. So I, I mean, basically, it's just kind of like you know, there's a lot of Latinos that are Democrat, and they're like, well, Republicans do nothing, you know, which which kind of to me is kind of a conundrum because if you're in California, all you know is Democrats. So how would you ever know if Republicans ever do anything for Democrats if you've never elected a Dem or a Republican? 
um, and, 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 and you've never had Republican representation to kind of see it. Maybe at the national level, they're like, you know, well, what has Trump done for like Latinos and Hispanics? Oh. So like, what, what do you say well, to that? Yeah, yeah. But just even just everything that from the, the, the left, look what they're doing. They want open borders. Mm -hmm. They were the grooming their kids. Just in all where they're putting uh, now they're trying to do like late term abortion. Just everything about the Democrat Party. That's why they they use race and our past, like you said, like indigenous and colonized and all this nonsense. They're using that to manipulate minorities. See, they use the black blacks. They use racism or slavery and all of that. To see that I always say they use it like a carrot, like look, 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 racism, everything racist and and your past and all of this. Don't focus on look at open borders. Don't don't focus on the inflation. Don't focus on we're trying to kill babies even late term and all. Don't focus that we're, we're trying to ram um, this on your kids, throw grooming your kids. Like they don't want you to focus on the issues. They want you to focus on race and the past and all this other nonsense. That's why. You should just, like I said, is focus on the issues, mm -hmm. and then you'll see that you're a conservative. You'll see if you go down the list, let me make a list, and have put all the issues. Okay, what, what's, are you for this? Are you for that? Are you for this? You're gonna see that you have more in line with the conservative, mm -hmm. Latinos. Cause you know, most Latinos, we love God, we love family, and all that. We love our culture, but they they've made it. I've seen. Cause like when I go on these leftist le shows, these especially these young ones, they think it's cool to be a Democrat or whatever. That's why you said they they, they turn out they're like, oh, you guys are coconuts or whatever they call us. They think they think they're like screw f Trump and screw that. They think they're being down for their race or whatever to be uh on the on the left side and like no, if you cared about your race, you'd care about jobs, you'd be care about securing the border. You know what I mean? You care about this inflation, you'd you'd be against open border, you'd be against all this stuff that's hurting your race. If you mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That's what you should be focusing on. But like I said, they keep manipulating and they're doing it a lot is the indoctrination of these kids in schools with these Marxist leftist teachers glorifying socialism glorifying all this race and just all this stuff that they're doing that's what they're doing so you know you're you're very anytime i see you kind of like on the news uh one of the headlines that they always have for you is like from joe house to white house i mean you so you got invited by president trump to the white house i've been there six times i, went, I was there with you were like what twice or something yeah i think you and i went uh together twice i think one of them was for like hispanic heritage month if I'm not mistaken, I, I think that was like one of the first ones I went. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. And we because were there even praying. You remember, we went there. Yeah. People don't know. We were at the White House, hundreds of Latinos, and mm -hmm. we're all in there praying. It's the fake media and all that doesn't ever yeah. want to show that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, because they, they, they kind of cut off when we all started praying for, I think we were praying, I think we were praying for like President Trump. And I think we were praying for like, just like, just a nation, you know, for like healing and stuff like that. Um, and so, and so with that, we're, we're going to wrap it up here. I have two last questions for you. 2024, you have president Trump running again and maybe Ron DeSantis. What do you think, man? man that's tough, man. Cause <laughs> I love DeSantis. I like yeah. DeSantis a lot, man. He's down. Even today he came out with some things saying, what did he want to investigate or something with the CDC? 
Yeah, he was. I think he's uh, like start uh, looking into like some of like the harmful effects of like all the mandates and stuff like that. So he's putting together like a team for that. I like uh, DeSantis, but like uh, some of the criticisms that I've seen, all the ones criticism mostly that you see uh, what they're saying against that, you could say the same for Trump or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like so, they're ridiculous. But it was, I don't know. It's gonna be tough, man. It's yeah. gonna be tough. I don't. Uh, I just don't think. DeSantis could be Trump like I don't mm. know but I, I like DeSantis a lot too that's why when I seen some people were attacking him and even Trump I, I didn't really like that kind of turned me off a little bit from Trump when I, he was attacking DeSantis like why are you doing that like, that's one of us that's one of our best guys right there you yeah. shouldn't why you DeSantis never said nothing bad about you or nothing like why are you attacking him yeah just something yeah sometimes like <laughs> I just don't see no reason for it especially we're having all this going on with the left and all that. Why are you attacking a good conservative, DeSantis? I mean, I like DeSantis, so it'll be tough, man. I can't call you out to just keep praying on it. Because Trump was great, too, man. Mm -hmm. Trump was great when he was off. Like, I, a lot of things, uh, we called him out. We called out Trump, too, sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. He did a lot of things, some things that I didn't agree with. So it's going to be tough, man. But um, So I can't call it yet. But yeah. I'm just going to say that we do like DeSantis a lot, too. But... I don't know. We'll see how it we'll goes. We'll see how it goes, huh? Because I, I don't even think DeSantis has announced, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I don't know who, who see who Trump yeah. picks as his running mate, too. That, that's yeah, going to be big. that's true. Too. So the last question I have for you, man, is where can people find you? I think you guys, uh, you were talking about like an upcoming event that you guys have. Where can people yeah. find you? I know you guys got merch. What, what do you oh, yeah. Well, first, uh, we're going to be this Saturday in um, South Central L.A. We're going to the hood and the ghetto in South Central L.A. We're going to be at Calvary Chapel, South L.A., we're going to be having a Christmas event. We're going to be passing out toys to kids and all the girls from Lakes that are making a bunch of tamales. So we're going to be we passing. Go. So we're going to feed them. We're going to pass out gonna give them tamales, churros, pie cookies, hot chocolate. So they're going to be eating. And then uh, we're going to be passing out presents to all of the kids. And then we have uh, ponies. So we're, we're renting some ponies. So we're going to be having pony rides so the kids can ride the ponies. And then we got like some little train thing where they, it drives the kids around on like a train thing so they can ride the little train thing. And then we got like some foam stuff that looks like snow. And then we're going to give them the gospel. That's the most important thing. So we're going to be sharing the gospel. But it's a good event. So if anybody's in the South Central area or anybody else, bring your kids and give them a free toy and come out. We're trying to show them that conservatives we care about the community we're not we don't want to just talk about it. we want to show it yeah. and then um that and then you can follow find us on um our merch you see the shirt man Anthony had a good idea for a shirt to tell me your idea what you were saying oh no yeah i was just, I was just telling you because uh jesse's wearing uh, for those of you just listening it, it says latino not latinx and I, I was I was I was gonna tell my uh, producers here that like maybe we should come out with a shirt before I saw his uh, that I was like uh, always Latino never Latinx Amen. you know so I was I was thinking of something like like that also because I, yes. I just can't stand that term dude yeah exactly <laughs> but uh, we have our merch anything on on our website uh, just go to wearelexit.com and we have our merch and then we have chapters too we have chapters all over so if you want to uh, interested in joining one of our chapters just go to our website wearelexit.com and uh, Click join the fight, and then online, uh, like uh, social media, you guys. Uh, man, Instagram shadow ban so bad, but on Instagram it's under. You have to type out by the whole thing, Lexit Movement for us to come out. But it's Lexit Movement, and then on Facebook under Real Lexit, and uh, man, that's what I'm talking about too. But the conservative movement, we've been around me and Anthony since the beginning, yeah. and I want to say the big 
influence on both of us, but he had to, like, like I said, the Republican Party's never done anything to help me or anything. The only person that I could say that actually helped me and Lex it a lot was Anna Paulina. So yeah. both of our sister, she probably, you could say she probably helped you oh, yeah. a lot too. She, the only person that helped me, and I even could think a conservative Latino movement that was behind, a lot of people don't know behind the scenes, was our sister, Anna ba Paulina, even since the beginning when we were all nothing. I remember she had me, you, yeah. Wake Up With Linda, Drew Hernandez, Emma, you know, our sister Emma. A lot of us, Anna was putting like a little crew, a little dream team of all of us. And like a lot of us, we see where we are lot today. Yeah. And Anna had a lot to do with that. She had the vision way back then. And she was mm -hmm. trying to rouse like all the best she was trying to find all the best conservative Latinos and make her little crew. And now so, she's a congresswoman. Now I'm so proud of her, man. Yeah, that's awesome, you man, are, yeah. man. That is our sister. That's what I just want to give a shout out to our sister, For sure. Anna, because I know she had a lot of impact in both of ours. And the, to me, in the Hispanic conservative Latino movement behind the scenes was Anna Paulina had a lot to do with it. For sure, man. Well, hey, man, I you know, want to say thank you for stopping by, bro. I'm sure we're going to have you back. I'm sure you know we got 2024. We'll, we'll bring you back, talk some politics, maybe go into like some of the candidates and, you know, we'd love to have you back, man. But, you know, thanks for everything you're doing, man. Thanks for waking up all, all the activism you're doing. You know, to me, there's nothing more important than the activism because you have to show like Like you said, you know, uh, it's kind of a little bit foreign to Republicans to have to show up to the community. But you guys are showing, you know, like, hey, as conservatives that, you know, usually vote Republican and endorse Republican candidates. Um, we here we are, you know, we're tamales, dude, dude, you got me sold, bro. I might have <laughs> to show them myself, bro. Yeah. So that's good, man. So, you know, for everyone tuning in, if you guys like this, you know, please give us a five star rating over at uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio. You know, if you like what we're doing, feel free to sign up uh, for the Patreon. There should be a link in any of the bios, uh, whether we're on YouTube, Rumble, or any of the podcast audio. You know, if you guys like this, if you guys like the story, make sure to follow uh, Legsit Movement on social media if you like what he's doing as well. And, uh, you know, we got new merchandise in the shop. We just had the uh, Trust God sweaters just drop. Um, everything helps, guys. This is all independent. Everything is being done independent. What Jesse is doing here is independently funded. We don't have big donors, big sponsors, nothing crazy like that. It's all independent. It's all we the people. The only people that are going to create change, especially here in California, especially here in Los Angeles, is us. So every contribution helps, even $5. You know, um, it, it's like one of the saints says is uh, one of the greatest sins is thinking that you can uh, do nothing by giving a little, you know, or something around that lines. But, you know, for everyone, uh, so tune in. Thank you guys again. Please share, like, subscribe, sign up, do all the good things, and we will see you guys next time.